Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Momentum in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, everybody. It's Diana Perkovic, your host of Good Girl Mafia's Monday Moment in 5 podcast. We are in the middle of our summer book series, and this week's Good Girl Mafia summer book series guest is an entrepreneur. She is a marketing professional. She's an author and international speaker. She's the co-founder and CEO at Bell and Ivy, and she is the founder at Cynthia Live. She has been on the podcast before. Many of you have reached out and really talked a lot about Cynthia and her last podcast, for which I'm always just so grateful to get all of your feedback. She is incredible. She's magazine's fastest growing private companies in 2015, uh, Inc. Magazine. She's an advisory board member for the Millennium Alliance and Get Global, leading technology, business, and educational advisory event companies serving Fortune 1000 executives. She has been involved in campaigns for uh, Hear Media, West Management, Chevy's, PETA, and several other leading brands. She is a contributing col- columnist to Entrepreneurs, Success, Forbes, and several other industry-specific publications. She is a longtime friend of Good Girl Mafia, and Cynthia Johnson is here today to talk about her new book, Platform, The Art and Science of Personal Branding. Cynthia, welcome back. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I love being on the show. So I oh. think I really appreciate it. We love having you. And I don't know if you got the enthusiasm full and proper from my emails, but I love this book. Oh, thank you so much. I, I love hearing that. You know, if you put a book out and you just like really hope people like my perspective. <laughs> Here you go. I, yes, I love you. it. I absolutely love it. I can't tell you how many people I've recommended it to because it is just full of so much information, wisdom, experience, but also practical know-how. So let's start, Cynthia, if we can, at the very beginning, before anyone says, okay, well, I don't need to worry about a personal brand. I think you and I together need to stop them in their tracks. Cynthia, you say very early on in the book that everyone in the digital age needs to be aware of their personal brand. It is no longer a choice whether to have one. The choice is whether or not you manage yours. So, Cynthia, what exactly is a personal brand? Why does everyone need to carefully craft their own? Let's make the case. Yeah, so personal brands, uh, and, and I think, you know, I mentioned this a little bit in the book, is I wish there were a better name for it because, you know, I think that the word branding is what is, uh, you know, sets people back and they're like, why would I want to do that? But the truth is, is that um, it's really just actively managing your reputation on a, a platform or medium that you will already exist, right? Um, I look at it as sort of the evolution of your resume. It's out there. Uh, people already are, are talking about you somewhere. Uh, an example of this I use is, you know, if you've ever been to a wedding or a birthday party or a baby shower or, you know, even a concert, chances are you're online somewhere. Um, and if you're not actively managing that, then you have no control over it, which means that, that you know, that first impression, you you know, that first chance at really um, having an impact or, or being in front of someone you're not in control of and you don't even know it. And so if that's what personal branding is. It's, it's really just taking control of how the world is, uh, you know, perceiving you or seeing you. I mean, even if you're going on a date, right? I mean, how many people, 
uh, you know, even on, on platforms like Tinder, right, will take the phone number of someone and, and search it online before they go on a date with them. It's literally everyone. So you know, making sure that you know what is out there and how you're being perceived is, is, uh, is really important because you don't know the damage it's doing. You know, you really don't. Um, so it's better to just have a grasp of and a little bit of control and oversight than to just ignore it altogether. I agree. And I kind of feel as though these days, I mean, you, you bring up dating. You know, if you're dating, if you are on the job, if you're looking for a job, if you are breathing these days, whether or not you acknowledge it and you're investing in it, your personal brand is impacting your life. Yes. No, absolutely. It is absolutely 100%. And another example is, uh, I like to say is the, that you know, the future president of the United States is probably on social media right now um, and making mistakes. And so it, what you do, um, if it's not actively managed or, you know, if you're not aware of moving things, if, if it's out there, it can be found. Um, you know, the internet is, is written in ink and uh, that has always been true and it will always remain true. So making sure you just have some sort of control over what people see because, you know, it can have a huge impact on your future. I mean, future opportunities. And without opportunities, you know, it, it's hard to really advance or move forward in your life. And it's, it's especially if you don't know what's holding you back. Let's talk about the potential, Cynthia, to perceive a personal brand as an inauthentic version of ourselves. You describe the, the endeavor of building a personal brand more sort of as, as a case of, quote, personal autonomy over this inauthentic version of you, because that's really not what we're getting at with a personal brand, is it? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, the truth is, is that brand, brands want to be people. People are already the most authentic brand. Uh, and so there's this idea that, oh, you're packaging yourself or you're, you're selling yourself. And I always thought that was so strange because you would never show up to a job, job interview in jeans and flip-flops. So you're already presenting yourself. The way you talk to your mother is very different than the way you talk to your lover. And it it's not that you're, you're, you know, being, you know, inauthentic. It's that you're playing to your strengths in a certain situation. You're being appropriate in a, a situation, right? Because every, every opportunity, every interaction requires a different version of yourself. That does not mean that you're lying. It just means that you're presenting, uh, you know, the most appropriate version of yourself in that moment. And so when you look at these, the online is this, oh, you're packaging yourself or, or you're doing this. It's like, no, you're a lot, you're giving yourself the, the autonomy to take control, like of your, of your own, your own life and your own opportunities. And if you don't, then it's left up to interpretation, which is basically the worst case scenario. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's put a picture of yourself in, in a bikini on your LinkedIn profile, right? It's the same kind of thinking. <laughs> exactly. and it's funny because the things that, that we naturally, it, the, the, our, our natural state of understanding, right, is, is uh, and we do this to each other. It's like social norms. It's okay to do one thing on Facebook, but not okay to do it on LinkedIn. It's okay to do you know this here, but not over there. But if we just think of it as a branding or we're packaging it all up and really, you know, trying to utilize it as a tool for success. Now all of a sudden people are scared. Oh, that's not authentic. That's not normal. It's already not authentic <laughs> technically, you know, 
what it is. You know, that's just how we, we are as humans. We immediately assess a situation and understand, you know, what the appropriate norms of the, of that of that situation are. And I think there's nothing wrong with owning it all the way through to a point where you are benefiting from your reputation and not, you know, um, not the other way around. You, you want to have opportunities come to you because people are searching for you when you don't know it. That is a fact. People search for each other all day long. I don't care who you are. And if you don't know what they're finding, then you really are, you don't know the opportunity you're missing out on. And it's not about, you know, being fake. It's about being prepared. I just interviewed Sherry Salata who, uh, for the book series, and she was the executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show, and she was co-president of Own Networks. And her book, Cynthia, was called The Beautiful No. You talk a lot about saying no to one thing creates room in your life for something else, and that's a direct quote from the book. Saying no is one thing. Hearing it, though, can be quite another. And I'm starting to see a theme here with all of you powerhouse women who are on the show this month. I feel like no, the word no needs a rebranding, too. It needs its own personal brand. How do you personally deal with the no's in your life? Because, you know, anyone who's looking to reboot their personal brand are embarking upon change. And change can always be scary, and it always includes no's. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I like to think of no as a boundary, right? So, um, and, and it's not that it's just, it's situational. And sometimes you have to say no in order to create boundary and space in your life for other things. Uh, for a lot of people, it feels selfish. And, and this entire concept of personal branding feels selfish. So you have to flip it on its head a little bit. Um, and so for, for some, some people I'll say, you know, you don't say, don't say no for yourself. Say no, say no for your spouse. Say no for your family. Say no for your kids. Say no for your education, for your sleep. Like say no for all of these other reasons, you know, other than yourself, because it is, it is easy to fall into the trap of like, this is, this is for me and I could do it and I'm just being selfish. And the truth is that you're not um, because doing a lot of things halfway is not um, as is really not as great as doing one thing all the way through. And, and, uh, and the idea of saying no, being a negative, no, no is not a negative. No is a decision. Um, and, and we're making a decision when we say yes, just as much as we're saying no, and we're making a decision when we make no decision, a decision is always being made regardless. So, um, so just embracing and feeling safe in it. And also when someone says no to you, really think about how it makes you feel. Are you angry? Are you upset? Actually, you're not, you have, you have a newfound, uh, respect a little bit for that person. And you also understand where their boundaries are at. So now you feel more comfortable communicating with them because you know where, where, how far to go, you know, where the buck stops essentially with that person. Um, and that, that actually makes it easier to communicate. So, you know, it's not about being selfish or not taking time for other people. It's, it's just having a really confident, uh, understanding of where your priorities are at and other people will adjust to it. I love that. That to me is such practical advice because I think a lot of times we're afraid to say no or we feel as though if we do say no, there will be some sort of consequence to that no. Yes. And there there isn't 
I mean, to be honest, the consequence of saying yes to something, and we all do this, we've all done it, so it's not, you know, it's not this, like, it's a learning experience, uh, for sure, but uh, there, you know, there was a time in my life where it took me, you know, a solid two weeks to clean my schedule of the things I didn't want to be doing, so I could then start doing other things, and it had been going on for so long, I was like, you know what, this has to stop, I'm volunteering my life away, to the point where, like I can't even get to the things that are producing. Um, and, and it happens very quickly. And so it's something that needs an awareness, even though it seems so obvious and so, you know, practical and simple. It's really probably one of the most important decisions we can make in our lives is to know exactly what we are going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to. Let's talk a bit about your list of four elements to a personal brand. Can can you give us a bit of an overview to, to that, Cynthia? Yeah. So the four elements of the personal brand is how I uh, break down um, personal branding in general. So you have the your personal proof, and personal proof is everything that you need to do to feel comfortable in doing the next thing. So. Uh, examples that we give would be, for instance, if you are a graphic designer, but you went to college, you don't necessarily need to go to college to become a graphic designer. A lot of people teach themselves. Some people do need to go to college to become a graphic designer. They need to feel like they've done the college thing and they've moved on, right? It's the thing. It's, do you need to be an intern before you apply for a job? Right. Some people would say no. Some people say yes. Like those things are very important because they're going to hold you back if you're someone who needs that that little step to feel okay, And that's fine. But it it applies. The difference between that and, say, social proof would be, which is the next pillar, um, is if you're a doctor, you absolutely need to go to college (laughs) before you are a doctor. No one wants to be, you know surgery number one for for someone right like they don't they want to know you've had you've done 300 surgeries exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) you know but I'd be okay with hiring a first-time graphic designer and not that it's less important it's just the risk is less right so we know we can go in and fix a graphic design and no one's going to lose their life or their license or their practice like it's it's a learning it's an artistic experience it's not a science that could have you know um, pretty detrimental effects if you are not prepared for them. So social proof is everything that you need to do for us, the world, to feel safe and secure, knowing you're able to do your job. Um, and then uh, there's association. And association is everything that you're connected to. So that's uh, you know the college you went to, the companies you work for, the people that you hang out with, the people that you're sitting next to, Um, you know, that, you know, I give an example of this is, you know, for some people, they're very lucky to have gone to Harvard and for other people, Harvard was lucky to have had them and, Mm. you know, understanding not only the association, but how you're associated and where you sort of fall in line, um, with, you know, hierarchy. Because as people, we tend to naturally put things in a higher hierarchy and, uh, it's important to just know where, where you fall and that you are attached to that thing. Um, the you know even other colleges we don't bring up now, but uh, the fourth the fourth pillar is is recognition. Like, what are you recognized for? What are people you know have you won an award or do you have you know a a PhD or a doctorate or um, 
you know, were you a fellow somewhere? Those are extreme examples. Maybe you were in the military. All of uh, all of those things that are somewhat abnormal or unique to you, and you are recognized for them. And that could be media publications. It could be being in some, some sort of list, et cetera. And then you want to put those down in those lists and sort of look at them and say, all right, what are the most important things here for my next goal? Excuse me, like how do these all apply to the next thing that I'm trying to do? Um, and really separate them out that way because if you're focused, it's funny too, if you hand it to someone and you say, please, you know, circle the top the top item in each of these lists, it'll never be the items you think they are mm-hmm. because we always tend to focus in areas that took us the longest to achieve that we're the most proud of, not necessarily the thing that people recognize is the quickest. Uh, and so yeah, having other people look at it and tell you what's the most impressive part of the four pillars is also extremely helpful. It is. And I think we, we oftentimes, as you say, have blind spots to ourselves. And sometimes, you know, those blind spots can get in the way when you are pursuing a goal or going to the next level in your life, which is where, again, personal branding comes in. If you haven't ordered the book yet, it's called Platform. You can order it where all of your books are sold. If you know and recognize the power of a personal brand, Cynthia Johnson is exactly the person to walk you through step-by-step how to properly build that personal brand because perception is reality. And actually, that's one of the chapters in, in the book. It's entitled Perception is Reality. And Cynthia, I can't tell you how many times I uttered that very phrase when working on national TV. I lived by that statement. But it's one that also gets internalized and can become the imposter syndrome. It's something I talk a lot about um, here at Good Girl Mafia. What's your take? What's the what, the how, and the why? Why do so many women especially seem to fall prey to imposter syndrome? Well, you know, it's this, it's this fear that you're going to be found out because I, I think, you know, sometimes, especially for high achieving people, um, who, you know, some things come a little bit easier to you, right. Mm -hmm. You almost feel guilty. You feel this guilt about it because it's supposed to be harder or you thought it was harder or the people that went through it before to made it out to be a little bit more difficult than it was. Um, and so as you start to grow in your career, all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, it wasn't that hard, or maybe I didn't do it, or maybe that wasn't me, or, or were they going to find out that you know um, I'm not as good as I as I'm being built up to be, or this person's really you know why I wish they'd stop calling me an expert. I don't really see myself as an expert, and so over time you build up these little insecurities of the tiny comments, and they sort of collide into this massive like feeling of a. Uh, of, oh my gosh, I am not that person. I'm actually a mess. Like if you saw, you know, the inside of my car, my bedroom, you'd freak out right now. There's no way you believe that I'm an expert in all these things because we're people, right? We get stressed out. We have lives. And, and sometimes when we feel slightly out of control of our lives, we assume that, you know, that little tiny blip in the, in the matrix of, of who we are is a reflection of who we are in general, um, and it causes it causes chaos. And it's funny, it's because it's always the people that do the most that have the most imposter syndrome, and it's almost as if they don't feel like they're giving enough time, or we don't feel like we're giving enough time to any single task to to be as 
the experts that we're being called out to be. Um, or, you know, or there's someone else who's going to, you know, stand up and say, actually, that person's not as qualified or there's someone better. And so if there's someone better, why am I here? And it's, it, it really does slow us down a lot because we're con consistently trying to prove to ourselves that we're good enough, which means we're not spending enough time in the areas that would really benefit you know, us as individuals and also, I think, the industries that we touch. It's interesting because, Cynthia, I always use the, the example of go back to being in, in grade school and remember that time when the teacher asked a question. And she said, whoever has the answer, raise your hand. And you thought you knew the answer, but you didn't raise your hand because, well, you just didn't. You weren't sure that it was right. And then somebody else answers it, and you say to yourself, ah, I knew the answer to that. I always tell women, you still know the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly, that's exactly it. And, uh, and that's, you know, the, I think the goal of the book is to get those people that are, are not afraid to raise their hand to it's a great analogy by the way it's fantastic um to understand that like we need them to raise their hand <laughs> because if they don't then we're still we're dealing with misinformation we're dealing with the non-experts we're dealing with that that you know ghost-written boring uh content that's not really connected at the core to the work and it, to be honest like the world is not going to like we're not going to create more successful people that way we're going to create more uh mundane dull content and less interest in fields like science and research and other things that we really need people to to thrive in and and have and know where to find the expert and know where to find the best information and the best resources well, imposter syndrome can lay ruin to so many great ideas. And Cynthia, you talk a lot about ideas in the book, and, and they require networking. And you devote time in the book to networking. What would be, in your mind, in your expertise, the three basic rules for effective networking as we embark on our new personal brands? Yeah, I would say that uh, we spend a lot of, we spend, we people in general tend to spend more time figuring out who the people they're networking with are instead of figuring out who they are first. And the wow. truth is, is like, the hardest thing to do is to pitch yourself. The hardest thing to do is, is to talk about yourself. Like, you'll figure out who everyone else is in the conversation. That's the way to do it. That's the excitement in your eyes, not that like blank stare and you're like, yeah, I already know that. I looked you up on LinkedIn, right? Like, you want to be like, oh, I had no idea I was talking to that person like that. But I know who I am and I and I can carry on a conversation and be very clear about my goals, objectives and direction. Um, that is way more important than uh, I think doing the advanced research on everyone else. That's a little bit of a cop out. <laughs> that's that. That's a mic drop right there. That's a mic drop. You know, it's. I think it's a little bit counterintuitive because Cynthia, I think a lot of people would go in and research everybody else. Yeah, and, and, and they do because it, to be, it's easier, right? It's easier to look at someone else and, and put them on a pedestal and it is to, like, really look at yourself. I'm going in. This is who I am. This is what I want. And I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to have real conversations because then you, it requires you to walk up and introduce yourself. It requires you to look at who you are. And it it's, requires you to, to not stand in a corner waiting for the one person you're looking for to come in, which is usually the same person for everybody. Um 
and so you know to having an organic approach to to an event uh networking is is really really smart and and i also think the counterintuitive approach is what sets can set you apart right because it's funny um how we're all doing the same thing i i went on my honeymoon last year i stayed at a hotel and one of our closest friends had stayed in the exact same room six months earlier in a in Greece, the exact same room, not just the hotel, the room. And so you look at it and you're like, the internet's driving us all in the same direction. Let's let's take a step back and figure out how we can, you know, be unique and find a new approach because that's that's where the fun is. That's where things happen is in the new, not in the overdone. Well, I, I can only imagine, and I know for a fact that oftentimes you are the person in the room that everybody does want to get to and meet and and talk to and quote unquote network with is is there something that that works with you Cynthia is there something that you know you wish more people would do or say yeah you know I to be honest um it's more about uh like I think it's less conversation about the work and more just conversation um you know Sometimes I, I feel people jump too soon to um, to figuring out how to get to what they want, and and that was kind of the, the that was like what everyone was doing for a while. It was like you walk in. This is like the Silicon Valley way. You walk in, you say, "I'm an investor. I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I want. This is and and deals are made quickly." But but the 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 longevity, the, like you're saying, you know, like Grow Mafia. We've been talking for over a year. I mean, as you grow and being, you know, be patient. The people you know and talk to and, and travel with or have conversations with about, you know, your whatever, your kids, your college, football, whatever it is, like those relationships will always build toward a better, uh, more long term, sustainable, you know, connection than if you immediately walk up and figure out how you guys can help each other. And that's where that organic approach comes in. I love right? that. It's like, why are you here? What are you doing? You know, like right. what did you have to give up to be here? <laughs> like, right. Do you watch? You know? So I think that's definitely something I would like to see more of. Well, there, there you go, folks. You heard that from Cynthia Live right here on the Good Girl Mafia podcast. You're <laughs> you are known Cynthia Live for your expertise in digital marketing, branding, social media, storytelling. I tr- personally, when I read the book, I was in awe of how freely you provided that in-depth step-by-step guide on how to build a personal brand on top of all of the great stories, on top of the historical content. This is truly a book that I'm excited about, and I read it in two sittings. So I really, I wanted to ask you, what was your intention when you were writing this book? And in retrospect, does the intention still remain the same? Yeah, actually, it was to go. Um, the intention of writing the book was to reach out to the people who um, who are doing the work, right? The people that are at a company or an organization, or maybe outside of it, and actually trying to achieve, you know, get the job done. The ones that don't see the careerists, they call them, that didn't don't they they know they need personal branding, kind of because so you know someone. And that they know have been able to grow their career, or they don't understand why you know they're not the expert in certain situations when the people that are up there are definitely not. 
Um, and I wanted to talk about personal branding in a way that that discussed the why for normal, like ex real experts, real uh, hardworking people. And then once you know, I got through the why, I wanted to give examples and step-by-step -step instructions of like how it can be applied, not necessarily how to do it. Because again, we're talking digital marketing. So the more step-by-step -step you get, well, by the time the book's published, I mean, I wrote it two years ago from the time we send a contract till the day it's published. Like this stuff is, uh, it becomes outdated. I had to rewrite three chapters in the book because it talked about, you know, Cambridge Analytica and then that whole Facebook scandal happened. It talked about, you know, things that were being exposed in the news and we're like, oh, I gotta start over. And so um, the goal was to to get people with that, you know, wouldn't traditionally look at personal brand as like a, like a necessity, but more as a tool. Uh, and also people are really smart, you know, they, you don't have to exactly get into the how step-by-step, uh, step, every little detail. Why? Like, you figure it out from there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so so that was who it was for. And it was amazing to see because after the book came out, I talked to, you know, uh, like, salespeople at the Wall Street Journal. I talked to IT guys at SAP. I talked to, you know, marketing people from uh, companies like Walmart and, uh, you know, other smaller e-commerce businesses. And the people I've been speaking to are the the people that the book was written for. And that really, really made me happy because there's nothing more satisfying than knowing it got through to the right person. Um, because there are a lot of personal branding books out there. And the, to be honest, they're not wrong. They're just not all written for everyone. They're mostly written for people who want to scale a personal brand and make that their career. And that's okay, too. It's just, you know, I saw I saw definitely a gap and um, and an opportunity to to reach a new type of audience, and they're the majority, and that's those are the people that are you know wondering why they're not getting the promotion or wondering why certain things aren't happening for them and uh, what they can do to fix it. Well, and that brings us full circle to the first question, which is before anyone says I don't need to worry about a personal brand. You actually do. And it's one of the reasons why, Cynthia, I was so excited about the book because not everybody wants to be, you know, a speaker. Not everybody wants to be an influencer or whatever the case may be. You could be a nurse and be in dire need of a personal brand. You could work in customer service relations and be in dire need of a personal brand. This is now the way we move forward in our careers and growth, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. And the stories that I've been told uh, about people who were successful in their careers, Especially, I wrote one about uh, this gentleman. He was working at uh, at a store, a Walmart store. He had a wife, has a wife. <laughs> um, and he was, you know, I think like a store manager. And he started just writing on LinkedIn about what it was like to work there and be inside the, the stores. Uh, and the CMO of the company uh, found his writing and offered him a job. He now is the director of all of the local social media channels, Walmart World and Walmart Radio. He manages all of the content and they moved him and his family to the corporate headquarters. Wow. And that was him blogging on LinkedIn. So I know it can happen and I know that 
here's someone who has no experience in running social media content and he's doing a fantastic job. But they saw that in because they, they were reading things from his perspective and they could see that he understood the core values of the company and the business. And you know what, Cynthia, you're cutting in and out and I don't want to miss this. just makes you realize that yes, this is something everyone should be doing and should be open to. And you know, there's the further employees building personal brands. But now my suggestion is that if you work for an organization that doesn't allow you or, or advises against it, that you should quit. <laughs> so interesting. You're that you are that solid and strong about it. Yeah, how dare they limit your next opportunity because they're fearful of you leaving? Any com- any companies that's that's afraid for you as an individual to grow because they're fearful you will leave is not a company that will be around much longer. So I suggest you find a new job. Ooh, let that set in because I think that that's probably <laughs> going to resonate with a lot of people. We we had a little bit of a bad connection there just for a moment. So I just want to backtrack for a minute if if we can, Cynthia, because I missed the tail end of the the example you gave about the the Walmart guy. And I just want to loop back around to that. The, the gentleman now is running social media and he'd never ran social media before it just goes to show you when you are authentic not packaged and when you're doing what comes really quite naturally to you and you start showing that to the world it's amazing what opportunities can open up for you yeah exactly and you know people don't do not know what you don't tell them you know, and that's another thing. We all assume, well, they, they didn't ask me. Well, no one's going to ask you if they don't know that you're capable of doing something. So put it out there and then, you know, test the water. Uh, you know, it's a whole ask, you know, forgiveness, not permission. When you own the platform, it's your LinkedIn profile, your I'm sorry, Cynthia, but you know what? I, we're, we're, we're missing a Sorry, Cynthia, we're missing about like so every other yeah, yeah. word. I'm so sorry. We're missing it. And no, I know you've okay. got so I'm many so great sorry. comments. All right. Is this, I'm so sorry. Is this better? This is definitely better. And I hate to ask you to repeat it, but I'm going to ask you to repeat it because everybody needs to hear this. Again, the book is called Platform. No, <laughs> Technology. No, These things no. happen. Okay, have we lost Cynthia? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cynthia? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. Uh, for whatever reason, the the I guess our connection keeps cutting in and out. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah. What I uh, please tell me if you if you can't hear me. Um, but and I was just saying that it you know these are platforms that that we have the right to put content out on and i also understand that there are certain industries where you know there are things you can and cannot say in that instance if your company is not providing you guidelines and training and and the exact outline of what you can and cannot do well then they do not have the right to control it and to be fair you know if you know i'm a business owner and, and i i understand you know oh we can't do this for everyone or, you know, things should be second in nature. 
true, but these are real people living their lives out online because everyone's doing it. And if you have a request that they do or do not do something because they are, you know, representing your company, then you also need to provide the, the exact outline. You need to provide training. You need to make sure that they understand it because no one should feel that if they do anything online that their job is at risk. It's not fair, you know. Um, we see this like doctors and nurses and so on. You know, they do have pretty like uh, detailed outlines. Like, don't put patient information online. But they're taught that, exactly. you know, and that's a, that's allowed. So you can't expect someone working, you know, at a major corporation to understand what and what you think is right or wrong, especially if you are in multiple, you know, states or even multiple countries where what is normal and what's acceptable varies. Like you have to train people. And again, if you work in an organization that is not allowing you, I've heard uh, people say that, you know, I I didn't want to update my LinkedIn because I don't want my boss to think I'm looking for a job. That is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. If you want to update your LinkedIn, whether it's to look for a job or not, that is none of your employer's business. Like, I'm sorry. It just isn't. And it, is it a conversation worth having? Sure. Is it something that anyone should be afraid of? Absolutely not. And I, I just don't like this idea that, you know, digital tools and online tools, which are supposed to help create, you know, opportunity and autonomy are actually, you know, the doing the opposite because people are spending more time looking at whether or not their employees are updating their LinkedIn profiles than whether or not they're happy. And, you know, it's, it's just, it shouldn't be like that. And we're, you know, seeing all companies that are doing that incorrectly being weeded out and, um, and I think will ultimately go away. And if you work for one of them, again, I suggest offering maybe some suggestions on how to improve the situation or leaving because it's just not, it's not the way it will be. Uh, in the next 10 years and it's not the way it should be now. And I guess that that's just a clock that's ticking anyways. So, you know, people need to, I think we just all need to evolve and change as the world changes. And I think that's really terrific advice. And Cynthia, any final words on the book? Is there something that you really want people to know about platform? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, my ultimate, my ultimate goal with platform is not to create experts, but to create a space where people who have an expertise or uh, aren't, yeah, or are an expert or educated in something or some sort of career can explore what the opportunities are for them by using tools that exist to everyone. Um, because it's not, you know, it's not a book that's going to teach you how to become an expert. It's a book that's going to teach you how to demonstrate and grow online using your expertise and the tools available to everyone. So if that's something that interests you, and and I hope that it does, you know, please start there. Feel free to email me. You know, if you have questions, you don't understand something or you want me to elaborate, um, you know, I write my email in the book. I'm always open to having conversations because uh, just as with everything else, if you don't, you know, the constant feedback and communication is only going to help me to grow and become better. Uh, and I also want, I want to know you. I want to know your story.
And and as you'll learn in the book, and if you follow at Cynthia Live on on social media, email me. I've got five minutes. Let's talk. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's talk. I've got five <laughs> minutes. Oh, Cynthia, yeah. as always, I am so just thrilled that you were able to come on the show. You've been such a good friend uh, to me and to Good Girl Mafia. I can't thank you enough. And the book, again, read it in two sittings. Everybody, it's called Platform. Go online, order the book. Trust me when I tell you, you will be so glad you did and you will be thanking Cynthia because I know for a fact that if you start to employ the tools that Cynthia shares in the book, you are going to thank yourself for it later because it's going to put you on a completely different trajectory and that is a huge gift. So Cynthia, thank you so very much. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on and uh, yeah, no, I love listening to the show so for those who are listening for the first time, like this is keep, keep listening. She's yeah, you're great. I love everything that you're doing. Thank you so much, Cynthia. And listen, enjoy the rest of your day and we will definitely be in touch. Okay. Thank you Thanks, so much. Thanks, Cynthia. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That is it for this edition of our summer book series. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic. It is such a pleasure and delight to bring women like Cynthia Johnson to you. My hope is to encourage and empower you and hopefully entertain you a little as well. Follow Cynthia on Twitter or on on Instagram. She's on social media at Cynthia Live and you can follow us as well at Good Girl Mafia as well as at Diana Perkovic. Have a fabulous week. I will see you back here next week with yet another book for our Good Girl Mafia summer book series. Oh.